Welcome into the Levelheads, everybody. On this episode, we've got a dreamy builder from the great state of Utah. Tyler Farrell is a builder outside of Park City, Utah, and owner of Kilowin Construction. You might recognize him from the TV show Dream Home Makeover. That's on, currently on Netflix. Tyler is the main contractor for the design firm McGee & Co. So if you haven't seen that, check it out on Netflix. In addition to being a celebrity builder, Tyler is also a member of our Builder 20 group. So we are happy to have him on this episode. He's a husband, he's a father, he's an extreme home makeover builder. We talk about snow removal in Park City, snow removal to the tune of about 40 grand in a home budget, which is crazy. I guess they get a lot of snow up there. And uh, talk about some pretty cool stuff that he builds. One house he's doing has got a gun range. Talk about company culture. Our man Jamie talks about company culture. So it's a good episode. Check it out. And you might notice that we're missing our man Zane. He's uh, out for a few episodes, but he will be back. So have no fear. All right. And this is uh, Jamie with uh, Verdure Construction. And I uh, want to give a special thanks out to our, our sponsor, Anderson Windows, as always. Um, they are the group's choice um the go-to company for our, our windows we all use them we all love them and uh, we want to talk about um something that we don't talk about too much uh i haven't talked about too much in the prior episodes is um, they have something they have a builder blog um so you can kind of check in with them uh day-to-day weekly um latest uh, newest updates install information things like that so kind of a nice feature through anderson and they also have a select builder program that's something you can sign up for um basically what it boils down to is getting total support for the builders out in the field you get the the reps to come out and uh, inspect your installs and um, it's just another layer of support that we love that we use anderson windows check them out you'll have to put up with jamie and i for this episode zane is not with us this week because uh well tragic accident there's nothing we can do about it zane died (laughs) (laughs) he ate some undercooked bread yeah. yeah, Zane's not dead. He's not dead. Fear not, Zane will be back. He'll be back. I'm just kidding, folks. Yeah. No, but uh, he'll be out for a couple episodes, so uh, you just have to put up with Jamie and I for going forward. But he's going to be sorry he missed out on our next guest. Today we have Tyler Farrell from Kilowin Construction. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. Excited. It's taken a while. I was waiting for that invite for a long time. <laughs> well, the, the list is long and distinguished. So, yeah, I mean, I know you're honored <laughs> to be part of it, but we got you in. Um, no, glad to be here. We're happy you hopped on. You know, the, uh, Tyler's part of our Builder 20 group, new member. So uh, it was pretty cool to meet Tyler at the, at the meeting and uh, kind of see how he runs things in the great state of Utah. Park City. Mm-hmm. How are things in Park City? Really snowy today. Really snowy. Um, I mean, in general, you're probably not asking about the weather. Um, Mark is really good. So I do, um, we do, my company does high-end custom homes in the Park City area. I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but um, my office is on Heber Main Street. That's in Wasatch County. So there's Wasatch County and Summit County, and there's between those, there's um, quite a few developments we work in that uh, we do the higher end product. I'm born and raised here, so it's cool to 
rebuilding here and working here and just raising my kids here. It's great. I'm really, really fortunate to be here. But the market here, I feel for what we do is still very strong. Is it so? Is it all new subdivisions that you're building on? Like, there's no teardowns. Like, typically where I am, I'm doing all teardowns. No. no so, um, it they have we have it here. Um, there's we get requests um, for it. Um, we just don't do it a lot. We don't do it a lot. So, yeah, the the more ones we typically build in. So there's Promontory, Two Hay, Red Ledges, Victory Ranch, um, and then there's a lot of ski and ski out places marcella i don't know if you've seen any news about that but it's a new deer valley ski and ski out and tiger woods is actually designing the golf course can be very cool we have some coming up there um when you say, sorry to, when you say ski in ski out that's like your house is right up against the, the slopes yeah you can put your skis on and go right outside your door that's awesome yeah nice setup yeah i know it's great and then so at least that one it's got like on one side of the lake it's got the Deer Valley ski side, and then they have another part of the development that will be um, the golf course. And that's the Tiger Woods one, and everyone's really excited about that. So, but I mean, we'll do one-offs too, where they're not in those developments. Those developments are, we feel very fortunate to work in, but they're, they're hard, they're hard. I mean, they're very prestigious. They're watching us for every piece of dirt, every like piece of gravel we get on the road, lots of fines for parking right. and stuff like that. So it's a privilege to be there. And um, a lot of yes sirs, yes ma'ams, um, just, yeah. But then um, there were, I mean, we we do, we'll, we'll probably do some teardowns this year. We got, I have one that we're, we're talking about doing a teardown and that's a little bit farther away, but it'd be a really great job, so. Cool. So who's enforcing those fines you were talking about? The developer or the municipality? Yeah. The developer. So the developer. So um, the building officials are all, you know, in whatever municipality it is, whether it's the county or the city. But these gated communities, um, they have their own restrictions. They can be more strict if they want. Say, like, you know, you're probably familiar with CCNRs, but they go to the level of, like, how thick your stone can be, stuff like that. Right. Um, so there's enforcement for that, but then there's also just, like, I don't know if you call them security or whatever, but they'll go around and make sure you have the right parking pass, make sure you're parking on the right side of the road, make sure you're not parked too far off the road, make sure there's no garbage on the lot, make sure your dumpsters yeah. are covered at night. It's um, highly regulated. Yeah. 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 And it's super safe for um, the clients and um, the build. We mean, knock on wood, we don't have stuff stolen really because there's always people watching us. Um, the biggest challenge. I'm sorry. Are those communities yeah. gated? Yeah. So it's rare. I mean, it's pretty rare we're not in a gay community, but but um, I I empathize. Sometimes they're hard on us. We've you know we've we do a good job, so I feel like we have a good rapport with them. But sometimes they get kind of cranky, and I get it because it's just it's just coming downhill. Because there's a neighbor that's mad because there's some yep. garbage flew over, and we're not perfect, but we're perfect at responding to if you know if we got to do something. So yeah. I get it when they're mad. They're just probably getting yelled at by somebody, and in these developments. There's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of, do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, unfortunately for that person who said that, everyone who lives there is somebody. Um, but with that, an attitude can come that these dumb contractors need to get their act together, even though they forgot they built like six months ago. 
Right. Yeah, they do forget. I, I digress. I get it. I, yeah, I yeah. we were very lucky to be there. We're fortunate. I remember the first time I got into one of those developments, I was just like, ah, yes, I've made it. You know, and then you're then you're like, oh wow, it's really hard. <laughs> but um yeah, so anyway, that's that's kind of our market. Cool. When I was actually asking about Park City, I I was inquiring about the weather. Like how much of a, <laughs> how much of a pain in the ass is it to build with um, constant it's snow so, and like it's really, really hard. So um especially mountain building too. You know, we have some flat lots occasionally like that's, you know, building a farmhouse in a field and we move snow all day long on those. Some of these we have to actually haul it out. And last year, um, Utah, it's got the most snow on record. I don't know if in history, but like since we started measuring, had the most snow ever. Really? And I am scarred from it big time because <laughs> we had, we were shoveling roofs, we were dealing with ice dams, stuff like that, stuff that was just unprecedented. Um, and like a a good example for just talking numbers, I'll put like six to $8,000 in the budget for snow removal. Wow. And that, that is like shoveling, plowing, just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the jobs last year were about 40 to 50 grand. Whoa. Wow. And that's all that's, I mean, that is one where they can't really get mad at us. Cause like you have no control over that, but it's just, yep. it's no fun in a budget meeting. Absolutely. No, so some of those jobs. That's basically, basically I, every other day you're shoveling snow. I, last year I would w- wake up and I'd just like, look at my phone camera, like look out. Like, Dang I'm, it. I'm <laughs> yeah. um, we've been really fortunate this year. It hasn't really snowed much at all. I mean, the state needs it. And I feel totally bratty because I don't kind of care about the drought. This was really hard for me. Well, you're a builder. They're the same. <laughs> but it's snowing bad today. We've got quite a bit today, and it's going to snow for a while. So, um, but anyhow, like um, some of the some of them will will stop the build. Like if it's a cash build, and you know they're not paying interest, they just don't want to spend ten thousand dollars this month on snow removal. We can pause. It's rare though. It's rare. Right. Um, unsexy. Yeah. Number to talk about. Yeah. I know, and some of those, and, and some of it too. It's like you're you have run out of space to pile the snow, so you're actually hauling snow off in dump trucks. Oh, it's like you're just moving water. It's crazy. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So this year we've been pretty fortunate. Um, we always just want one more week of good weather, but we didn't get it this week. We're pouring. We were pouring a foundation today and got canceled. So that's actually yeah. one of my questions. Do you guys pour in January and February? I know around here. I tell my clients, eh, no way. If we don't make it by before Christmas, then we're not pouring until March, end of March. Yeah, we we do. Um, we we didn't have a lot of digs like later in the year this year, although we could have because the weather actually ended up being kind of mild. Um, this one is the only one we have in the ground that's not bad filled right now, and we we just ran into so much rock. It took eight weeks to dig the hole. Oh wow! And um, this is what it is. Uh, one one benefit you have though when it is solid rock is you don't have to worry about frost as much. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not really gonna expand and heave and all that stuff. But we still do take care of it. We cover it. Um, the additives you can do with the cold weather, all that stuff, it'll be fine. Um, it's just a pain in the butt. So you, the machines just you put the hammers on and they start belting away until it gets to grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's. Yeah, there's some of these. Um, that's why I'm actually not sure what we're going to get into today. But if we're like talking price per square foot, we had a little bit of a discussion. You, you and I might. Uh, but like 
some of these homes were spending half a million dollars on excavation. Wow. And yeah, it gets wrapped up in your price per foot. I'm like, well, these were the same price per foot. This one actually looks a lot prettier because yeah. half a million dollars didn't go into their cabinets, went into their, their dig. That's right. Um, yeah. And, you know, retaining and, um, you know, if it's a, a difficult slope for the driveway, stuff like that. So site conditions. Um, yeah, site, really that's a huge good. driver. Yeah. Yeah, it can totally mm -hmm. skew that price per square foot number. I, you would think that, that clients would, somewhat understand that if they're looking at a, a home site that's on a 45 degree angle versus one that's mm -hmm. flat or yeah and and I, they do they just don't know what that number is and it's even hard for me when i go out um unless we built well i guess we, we have comps all over the place but it is good when i meet a client on on site i mean we we have a connection in common mike and i went and looked his light a lot and it didn't scare me at all um it would be one of the easier digs we have um, nice. so, and, and that has something to do with it because I understand <laughs> every conversation, every podcast I get on, I'm talking about price per foot, but it's such a, it's, it's so important because I understand it is so it, it necessary for preliminary budgeting, right? You have an imaginary home, like how much is this going to cost? How many millions of dollars do I need for a 7,000 square foot house? Right. And then hopefully you you get with a builder that is educated can explain the differences that not all square footage is created equal, have some good comps, has built in your area where you're building. Because I think that's one thing I have a challenge with is I live in, so this Park City area, um, like it's it's a it's a worldwide destination area. So that's that's great for us. It insulates us a little bit from recession, stuff like that, because just people from all the world, all over the world want to be here. But then there's even people, contractors in the valley over that come up and they're 200 300 bucks a square foot less than us and i'm like well one no even if i did it for free i couldn't do it couldn't do that, yep. that price yep. so what's happening here is it disingenuous so they just trying to buy the job because they want to get in and then we play the whole change order game and you guys hate each other or maybe it's not disingenuous and they just don't know they don't know um both are bad both are bad yeah. and <laughs> i remember i was not like this is something a young guy would say. I'm like, not huge experience. Well, it's not, it's not experience. It's how hard I'm willing to work and how, and I'm like, yeah, now I'm experienced. I'm like, it's experience because <laughs> yeah. I've learned so much from those first houses I built. And I, not necessarily were they having a, a bad home, but I got into some homes where I just didn't know how much things were going to cost. Yeah. I, I will um, say though, that no matter where you go over the country or even out of the country, cause I've seen some over in Europe, there's cowboys everywhere. There's guys that'll cut corners and try and build it cheap. They're, they're everywhere. I think they just don't know. Because uh, like Tyler said, like you could, you could, yeah, but how much can you cut? I mean, you still got to buy the wood. You know, it costs a lot of money to build stuff. For yeah. example, I'll give you, you a good example. Your guys, I mean, you pay everybody five bucks an hour. I mean, you're still paying minimum wage somewhere. I mean, it still costs money. I'll give you a good I think example. they just make mistakes. I think they just don't know what it costs to actually off all 50 grand of snow that's coming. Right, they don't have that budget in there. That's I think it could be a bunch of categories. I think it could be that. I think it could also be someone who is dishonest and want is a bait and switch. I think there's fewer of those than we think. I'm hoping at least. Yeah. Um, but then there's there are people who will cut corners, but they. I don't think they're saving as much as they think they can by saving corners. No, like yeah. I, I walked through a house the other day. That's a really pretty house and it's a younger builder. 
um, wanted to see their work. And I was like, wow, your flower, that's, that looks pretty good. Who, who does that? I'm just asking these questions. Maybe we have some traits in common. It's like, oh, it's, it's this gentleman. Um, oh, well, it's his company. Like, oh, he doesn't have a company. I just pay him cash. And he was like super proud of it. I was like, whoa, that doesn't work at our level. <laughs> like, right, right. so like there, there's definitely people like that. And I actually don't think he thought it was that big a deal, but my controller would like skin me alive if I tried to pay someone cash. Um, but yeah, so there, there is, there is some of those people that can bait and switch if they are paying illegally, but it's still not a million dollars, you know? Yeah. Right. No, but it's, yeah, it doesn't equate 300 a foot. Yeah. yeah it, there's a lot of cut and corners that goes on. I'll give you an example. So the architect that I work with quite often here, uh, actually has a couple projects in Park City. And mm -hmm. he left uh, with one of his clients and they were checking out builders. Yeah. And they went to one of those subdivisions, Bull Valley, or I don't know what they're called. And he came back, he took some pictures of the construction and he showed me some of the stuff that was being built out there. Can you send me this? <laughs> I might. So he was doing <laughs> some stucco. Uh, there was some stucco going on and the contractor was literally using chicken wire instead of the standard wire mesh, like oh. chicken wire on a yeah. $6 million, $7 million home. Mm -hmm. And I don't know yeah. if you're building a six or $7 million home, you know, you know, better you're cutting corners. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a blind squirrel that caught a nut, not at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. I see that there's, cause I, Honestly, I don't know because you hear like someone's building it for X amount per square foot. I'm like, okay, well, let's take out my fees. I get three or four bids per, per line item. Let's just say I use this, this lowest number for every single one. I still can't touch that price. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I do feel like I'm somewhat an ambassador for fighting this information out here. Um, yeah. Like, I, was, that's the experience, right? That's, I just don't uh, want to, like, I, I take every referral pretty seriously, even if I can't take the work. I just want to be like, hey, if you're hearing this and there's this big a discrepancy, they're just wrong. They're just wrong. Yeah. So just plan for this and hopefully you can find someone you trust because builders in general, we really can't take you for a ride. I mean, that's, it's bad. It's like a bad, you know, marriage is hard to get out of, but like, I do think there's a lot of us really trying to do a good job, keep a high level of integrity get referral work, you know, just because our clients are happy. We are, I mean, we've talked in our Builder Twin group about cost structure, all this stuff. For I'm cost plus. It makes zero business sense for me to save the client one penny because the more they spend, the more I, I make. I, with all my heart, I promise I would much rather have a call telling them I'm saving them 10 grand than the other way. Yeah, right. Um, just because I want them happy. If they're happy, we're happy. My employees can be, go home and not worry so much about work if, you know, the budget's going crazy or whatever. Um, because I do think that is re something really cool with the culture of my company is like, they really do care. It's kind of kind of bad and good. Like, I feel bad that they care so much. You can go home and ruin their night. But like, also, they take it so personally, it has a personal touch. Um, yeah. So, yeah, any, anyhow. Uh, Fun business we got. Yeah. Sure <laughs> is. So you sure have is. some advantages, Tyler. I believe you have your own cabinet shop in-house. Is that correct? Yep, that's true. So how did how did that come about and how much of is how much of an advantage is that 
when you're building that house and, and competing um, against the other builders? So that is a great question. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you how it started first. So I had, um, you know, we're, I feel like every year we're building better and better homes and, and that's not just overall quality, but cooler, nicer, like we're going to do a gun range inside someone's basement this year. That's like so cool. That's too, that's that's cool. Gets me pumped up. But like a, probably five years ago, four or five years ago, we built a house really pretty kind of had like an, an audit with the homeowner afterwards. Like how, how did we do, where did we do well? Where could we have improved? And he was just like, I'm so happy with my house. You guys did such a great job. I just don't think our cabinets match the level of the rest of the house. And that was a bit of a gut punch for me. And I kind of knew it. The guys we were working with, they, they were making a lot of mistakes. The quality wasn't quite there. And I was like, man, I got to up our game. And then we had a, a spec house coming up. Oh, so this was like four years ago. We had a spec house coming up that I was funding and I was putting it in the showcase of homes, which isn't a big thing for our company. I don't really like doing it, but we, I've done two. And this was the first one. Um, they're good for they're, they're good for getting work, but man, they're a pain in the butt. But anyway, I wanted to get our name out there. So I did that and I hired Shay McGee. Um, you guys probably know Stu McGee. And um, I had hadn't worked with her before because I wanted, well, we had referred each other a little bit. We kind of were Instagram friends, but nothing had come of it. And I was like, I'll just hire her and just like knock this out of the park. And then hopefully she'll refer us to some of our clients. So anyway, they really like inset cabinetry. Um, I don't know how much of that you do. You guys know about it, but. Um, I'm a bit of a cabinet snob and I love it. Like my cabinets back here in the set. Um, at least here and at the time, I think it's still this way. I don't think there's a ton of shops that can not only do it well, but we'll even do it. Some are just like, no, we're overlay. We don't even want to mess with that. It's just so much more labor. So one reason we, we started it is so we could have control over that. And, you know, when, when some of these high-end designers that are like, we only need inset or we only want inset, they know who to go to because Kilwin specializes in that. So that's, that's the reason we started. Um, I was not naive. I knew that it wasn't going to be as easy as starting the cabinet, just a shop, but, um, personnel's always going to be hard. I think, um, yeah, I have a great team that runs it, but like there's four or five corporate guys and it just feels like it's a revolving door for like three other guys, you know, we yep. just keep, yep. um, and it's not necessarily because we aren't paying them enough. It's just like, that's the mechanic level. That's that happens. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so the kind of, I guess, headache of having more and more employees, that's, that's a thing. I, I, we definitely make more money just being general contractors. As far as the benefit, um, we do definitely have more control. Um, I can be like, I hate that redo it. Or you're not here. Like they can't just tell me they're not going to be there today. They will go where we ask them to. Right. Um, and we can, I think my construction team takes it for granted a bit or has in the past that they're so skilled. They can just build us a door if we need one. Cause you know, custom doors out 12 weeks, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, we try to order or, or the, they want us to do a custom playhouse under their stairs. We need a half size Dutch door when you guys build it. So stuff like that's really cool. And they enjoy that. They enjoy building yeah. that really custom stuff. Um, we have had a few clients come to us and be like, I want you to build the house, but only to do the cabinets. So that's pretty cool and flattering. Um, but like, <laughs> would I start it again? Probably, but it's been, I don't know. It's been it's hard. Company. Yeah, it's it a lot of work. Definitely doesn't have like the margins I would hope. 
would you like would you uh supply cabinetry for another builder no never keep it all in house yeah. uh well so i did it once i didn't like it yeah. <laughs> so one i, I just no, i don't I totally agree i don't think i'm a good subcontractor yeah like I, i'm just too used to being the boss right yeah and um we are so busy with our own work Killen Cabinet Co. cannot even do all of Killen's work. So why right. would we give it to somebody else? Yep. Oh, um, if, if it grew and got to the point where we needed work or if maybe I started taking fewer homes, we get a lot of requests. We absolutely could. I'm not, it's not because we're not good enough and we can't handle deadlines and all that it stuff. It doesn't make sense for... A lot of us builders are jerks. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got one jerk. No right here so we run foundation framers and all these guys and i'll jump in every once in a while i was like oh yeah four guys for two weeks no problem always yeah. turns out bad yeah <laughs> <a> pain. Well, <laughs> yeah up. i mean Just keep my guys with me it's all good and and the one-offs where we're like just doing it for a homeowner like a that is a friend or whatever that's fine um yeah. if we need to fit something in but um the no, reason i mean the reason i asked is you know i'm Coming from a standpoint, I don't have any in-house anything. I don't have any in-house carpet. Well, I got one, but I don't yeah. subcontract. We don't self-perform anything. And it's like a major advantage. Why would you want to release some of that advantage to your competitors, you know? Right. And I did try, um, yeah. I did have an in-house framing crew for a while. Um, and we all thought it was a good idea because they only framed for me. You're like, well, might as well. But like, you know, running a, a business the right way and legally, holy cow, it's hard to keep workers. And yeah, Jamie I mean, knows I all about school. that. Yeah. No, it's a huge pain in the ass. I was thinking yeah. about seven it out yesterday morning. I was just like, <laughs> I'm out there trying to figure and, out a beam with my framing con. I rid of 40 guys in six homes and I'm out there. I'm the GC, but I'm out there with my framing hat on trying to help my framers, right? Because I'm running that part of the company today. Mm -hmm. It's a mother effort, let's, let's, you know? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely love our Hispanic workforce, but like, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you have to get, do it legally, it's really hard. And like, yeah. you can keep them for a few weeks until someone says, you know, that that's, that's a pretty big generalized statement, but like, it is hard. It is no, it's hard. hard. It's hard. That mm -hmm. level. Yeah, that level of of employees just outside hard to keep, of hard to manage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need special you need special guys who can run them. You got to be bilingual. You got to be able to. I mean, you're dealing with workers. I mean, it's it's not. And I mean, employees are workers, I guess, but yeah. you're dealing with really blue collar workers here, right? And just yeah, and outside. And, sorry, just outside of all that legal stuff, I dealing with the emotions. Huh? It's a lot of souls. Me. Oh man, it's a lot of souls on a Monday morning. That's one thing um, I think I've gotten better at, but I didn't realize was going to be as taxing as it is. Um, the emotional side of this business, not only Brutal. with your audience, but with your employees. And I have, I do, I have an absolutely incredible team. I was on Nick's podcast and Tyler was, other Tyler was giving me such a hard time. He's like, quit saying everyone's so good. They're not. <laughs> but they really are. They really are. And I'm very yeah. fortunate. Um, it hasn't happened by chance. I mean, um, right. We're here it's for a reason. reason. Yeah. But the, I, I, I stupidly did all my reviews all at the end of the year. And I, I have so many employees now that's very emotionally taxing. Um, I'm changing it now. So it's that now their work anniversary, but 
not only just going over bonuses and money, which, you know, has its own kind of. Yeah. That's stressful. Pressure. Yeah. But um, I do want those reviews to be worthwhile for them. Like talk about their goals, where I can be better as a boss. Like how, how can I help them, you know, or do they have all the tools they need to succeed? And the emotional side of it is just like, I was just so tired. (laughs) I know it's, no, it's tough. (laughs) No, it, it is tough. Yeah, running a big squad's tough. Yeah, it's and I actually only had didn't even have like a bad review either. Like I just had right. a couple people be like, "Hey, you need to call me back yeah, soon." But you're vested in it, and you care, and you're yeah. thinking of things to say, and you got to take some some criticism too back if they're going to speak up, right? Hey, what can you? What can I do yeah, to help you? Like, what are they going to tell you? Uh, yeah, and you I know what that too, you know. And it, it's that boundary too, because I I do feel like I'm friends with my employees and. We work well yep. together, and but there's got to be boundaries too. And then, uh, yep, that's a I, one. one of them brought up something I said maybe nine months ago that I didn't do. Oh, like you said, I said I was going to do something, and I didn't. And that's that's big for me, as, as a man, to do what I say I'm going to do. And hundred percent that conversation, but that person remembered it, and I didn't. Yep. Do it. <laughs> I got like, oh. called out like that recently too. To be honest, yeah, that's a tough one to swallow. Well, as you guys yeah. talk about this, this is a good segue yeah. for my next question. I was going to about and it's to both of you guys because i know jamie you run a lot of guys so what would you say is your company culture and as you've grown how do you maintain that culture well you go jamie (laughs) i don't really have a blanket statement for our company culture here um i mean maintaining i mean the culture the culture is just i mean we're just really we're just i have like like tyler saying i have i have a good team we're not we're here for a reason, right? We've been in business a long time. It's still year over year. Revenue's growing. We're busy. People like us. So the culture is just, you know, be honest, good, good, good people, right? Do a good job. Turnkey, nice product. That's all easy. You know, blanket statement. But to maintain it, the biggest thing is just, just being, it's just communication, right? Being out in the field for me anyways, right? Because we do a lot of the, you know, a small management team, large, you know, in the field mechanic team. So just being on site with the guys every day. Like every single day, being out there with my guys, I visit every job site every day. You know, I got project managers, I have working foremen, I have all that, but I'm out, I'm out in the field, is what I do, and it's kind of how I maintain it. I think both of you have a level of modesty here that you're displaying. You know, you're saying your team is great, but every good team has a good leader, and I think both of you guys are good leaders, not just. Kiss and butt here, but I know Jamie's the level. Well, I think well, the level of energy that Jamie brings, just to our our text thread. <laughs> I can only <laughs> imagine what it's like on site. Yeah, I've been feeling. I've been to be honest. I've been feeling it lately. I've been a little, little, little tired <laughs> this last month here. We've yeah. been on. We only got Christmas Day off this last six weeks here. Oh, We're trying gosh. to turnkey a couple of big projects, but we'll get Easter off. But um, no, I mean, <laughs> energy's big. I mean, it's modest. We do have good teams, but you know, good teams do take good leaders and good leaders. I mean, I think it's you got guys who are who, who are going to be professional, and be polite, and really can check your emotion basically at the door. Like you can, like I get cranky, I get pissed off at things that happen. But my biggest thing is not taking my emotional where I am in that moment, whatever's bugging me, wherever we are with a client, with our family, or with a guy on this other job, and not taking that negative energy and putting that on somebody else that doesn't deserve it. Yeah, like you got to be a leader. You got to be. I mean, it's not to be chauvinistic. You got to be a man. You got to just kind of wear your shit. Like, I really try not to project how I'm really feeling or really thinking on anybody else that doesn't deserve it. And a huge part of that is you're aware of it, 
right? Yeah, you know, I, yeah. Self-aware, I, self-awareness, yeah. I excel at that, and man, I do think I'm really good at owning that and apologizing. You know, if I'm like, yeah. hey, I was mad at something else, this is not an excuse. This is just explaining my behavior. Um, yeah. It's not whatever. But like, as far as what, I mean, what you said, like, yeah, I, I do a good job. We're where we are because of how I did things. Um, right. I, I've become a better manager and um, I never thought I was going to have one employee, let alone this many. And um, I've, I've learned and I think uh, I was a little more lax the first few years. I've only had employees for four or five years now, or maybe four actually. And the first couple of years, I was a little more lax. I'm like, I'm going to let them manage how they want. You know, I'm not, which I still do. There's different personalities for management. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but at the same time, probably I think the last two years, I'm like, hey, okay, they can manage how they want, but they still need to do it my way. It To the point where I'm yep. like, communicate to my standards. Like, for better or worse, the company is where it is because of the way I did things. And there's yep. some things that are just going to be standard for us. It's how we communicate. It's our policies. It's, you know, um, way we handle ourselves professionally, stuff like that. So, yeah, it, we, it, it's it's nice of you to say that, that we're being humble. Yeah, I'm sure Jamie and I both have a lot to work on. But, you know, we've we've worked our butts off to get where we are, and we're, we are leaders. Um, I would say our team um, culture – I think the best thing I have going for us is like, you know, I'm, I'm in my early forties. So I've been doing this 20 years or whatever, but like I'm one of the older guys on our team, but collectively we've hundred, hundred years of building these type of homes. Right. And I think the teamwork, I, one of our recent hires who started, you know, mid-year last year, he, he just, in our reviews, he's like, I just want to really compliment you on the culture here. Um, because I guess he's worked at places where, they weren't as team oriented. Like um, we had one guy who left, you know, wish him the best, whatever, but he was not, he was on an Island and wanted to be there and didn't want to come help either. And that's exactly what I don't want. I want everyone to help because we have some of these younger guys and hiring is a big challenge for me um, because you want to, you want someone who is like the B20 group, hungry, humble, smart, but like, um, you, you need people who have that teamwork mentality where they can come in and, yeah, if you're good at something, be a baller and teach us, right? But also be humble enough to know that we do it this way for a reason. Um, I would say, yeah, just we have in, in our team meeting, our staff meeting yesterday, one of our employees just made me just smile. He's like, you know, one thing about we're closing out, it's like, one thing about being here is because we're going over just ways to do it better. And I was just like, thank you guys for like wanting to be better instead of just like getting by, you know, good enough is not good enough. Right. And he's just like, yeah, I've been a few different companies. And, and I just think here, like people really take it personally and just like want to be better all the time. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely not perfect. I mean, I know how the sausage is made. Every freaking company has a lot of problems, but our goal is to have less than the other guys. Right. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned the other day, you know, when we were speaking offline that right now you feel more of like a business guy and less like a builder. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit. And, and what's the reasoning behind that? Now that we're talking about company culture and employees, 
Yeah. So I love building like, and I'm trying to do only as the boss, you know, and having a lot on my plate, having fifth child on the way, wanting to be a good dad, all this stuff. I only, I have a limited amount of time. It's not want, it's not like willingness to work. I would work all day, but like I need to see my kids. Right. So I'm trying to delegate all the things that other people can do. And I will only do the things that I can do that just me can do. Like I'm the one talking with attorneys or writing contracts and just, you know, most of the sales, stuff like that, that I just know I'm great at it. And probably I'm the only one in the company that could do it the level I do it. Um, so what I'm working on is making this as well oiled machine as I can. And that comes with policies and procedures and standards and checklists. That's business development. And I have people helping me that with that, but I'm just not, I'm not in the trenches with the subs like I was. Um, I still go on site. I actually really enjoy that. But where I'm, that, that's what I mean when I say I'm more of a business owner than yeah. a builder. Where I'm just like, I, my, my truck is, I still have it set up the same way, but my truck has nail guns in it. It's got my bags. It's got all this stuff that are getting dusty. <laughs> yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. Like they can't. They, How does that they make do, you feel? I don't know. They do that stuff better than I can. And I can do the other stuff better than they can. So yes. yeah. I, I don't know. I get <laughs> on Instagram. You can get torn apart for a lot of reasons, but Lots of people are like, why does that guy even have a tape measure? He's not doing any work. <laughs> like, I'm checking work, okay? <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I was, I was a, when I, after, after high school, I was a framer for a little bit, did some finished carpentry, and I'm just, I'm nowhere near what our, our traits can do now. But um, I remember thinking, seeing some of the older guys in like, what they did, did their bodies I'm like i think i need to go to school <laughs> yeah. but um i i think I'm, I'm better suited at doing what i do now working. i do i do like the the days where i last week you know client was in town and they had a question about their bathroom layout and went out and met him and started chalking out some stuff it was, it was so fun so i still get to do that just not as much all right, so I want to talk about this TV show because I know people mm -hmm. want to know about this. I know people in my household are like, is that the guy on the TV show? He's going to be on the podcast? Yeah. So I got to ask <laughs> some questions. So you've been on the TV show with McGee and Co., right? Yeah. I think it's on Netflix now. Mm -hmm. What's the name of that show? It's called Dream Home Makeover. Dream Home Makeover. So how, tell us the story behind that. How did that, how did that come about? How did that happen? So... Um, kind of goes back to that story I was telling earlier about me doing a spec house and working with the McGee's. Um, they are an incredible design firm. Um, they've just, they were popular when I started working with them, but even more so now. Um, and I am totally fine writing their coattails all the way through. But um, I, so when I was doing that spec home, that was the first, and it was my spec home. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, that means I'm funding it and trying to sell it. Anyway, um, my goal was to do a good job. Hopefully, they referred us, and um, it was going so well. Um, Sid and Shay, so Sid and Shay McGee, the owners, they're like, hey, we're going to build a house. Do you want to build it for us? And I was like, yes, the plan worked. 
gotcha. But, um, but anyway, it's been a really good working relationship. So we started building their home. And then I remember I was out on another job in Park City. I remember when Shay called me and she sounded pretty excited on the phone. She's like, hey, do you want to go to, to Hollywood? I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Got a job out there. Um, but it was to meet with Netflix. So we went out of their, their headquarters and that's just something I'll always remember. That's pretty exciting. I have the bottle of water saved here. That, um, I don't know how I got on the plane, but I did. But um, but anyway, so that was cool. We didn't know what the what it was going to be. I had no experience with, with TV, all that stuff. And they did some pitches and met all these executives. It was just pretty cool. So anyway, that's how it came about. And it's really had nothing to do with me. I was just her builder, you know. And then um, we filmed the first two seasons at one time. They split them up. And that first season was... I was on it a bit because I was building her home and they were filming some of it. And then the rest of the show, it was like, they would film some of the nice big homes, like what we build. And then maybe some like remodels that were like, they, they interviewed people and casted these people like, Hey, these, here's a, here's a basement theater and we're going to do and So, which is, was abnormal for us. Cause we just don't do that. Right. And then, and then the next season um, was during COVID, which was incredibly hard because not only you have COVID situations with lead times, material, we also had to have like the production company was from California. So we actually had to follow their COVID rules, which were oh, really, man. I had to get tested every day before. Oh, God. Yeah, often. And then like we had this one scene where, and I never wanted to be a TV star. That doesn't mean TV is completely out of my future because we are working on some stuff, but if it's good for the company, I'll do it. Right. Um, but I, I, I wanted my children cause they're all very little right now to see dad on Netflix, you know, cause they watch Netflix and I had this huge plan of just like, you know, they don't know what dad's filming at work, whatever, but when it's on, I'm going to turn on Netflix. They're going to see dad and they're just minds. <laughs> yeah. We did it I'm already. I'm just like psyched up and I'm like, turn the TV on and like go to a scene. It's me. And they kind of, uh, is that dad? Okay. Um, <laughs> when I watch my <laughs> I'm like, oh, little turds. But there was one day where my sweet little girl, she's two at the time. And that's another good memory because on season one, Shay, we're walking to a house. Shay asked, you know, how my wife is. I'm like, well, she's actually pregnant. And that was like how we announced it on TV. How cool is that? So, um, but anyway, that same little girl from the first season, she was like two, she's in pigtails. We were filming at my farm, my family farm, because we we're picking out some beams to put in one of the remodels. And she's just, I just wanted them to see dad. Hopefully they would remember like dad's got cameras or something. And um, she was so cute and everyone wanted to put her in. That two-year-old didn't have a COVID test. Oh, man. We were outside at my farm and it was yeah. just me. I'm like, well, I live with her. I would probably get it if she has it or whatever. But like, it was just like rules are rules. So that just gives you a little glimpse of like, it's, you know, the schedules were difficult on those. Yeah. Shows. Really good. Imagine. Difficult. Yeah. So, um, it, was, it was a great experience. Not, I don't think many of us get that opportunity. So yeah. it was So cool. the show is, you know, it's pretty popular. You hear about it all the time. Mm -hmm. So, Obviously, with the show's popularity, it gives you a certain level of fame or recognition, right? How has that yeah. influenced your perspective on the industry? 
Or how do people, um, how do, I guess I'm just saying, how do people treat you when they meet you if they know who you are? Is that kind of chip on their shoulder or uh, um, animosity or their, what's No, like? I mean, it's, I mean, if there's a level of famous, you know, let's say, I don't know, the president of the United States, 100, right? I'm like, I'm less than one, right? But that is enough. Like, that's still annoying, to be honest, because... They'll write little articles about like, oh, Tyler from Jim Hall Makeover. It's probably AI writing it. Like, here's his wife's birthday, and here's where they live, and here's what his his son Oliver had for you know dinner the other day. Like <laughs> crazy things like that. Because one, normal people don't care, and the only people that would care are crazy. So that you're just like, oh, this is weird. But no, I get I occasionally people will be like at the airport, be like, hey, you're on that show. I like it. Cool. But yeah. like, um, I think. Uh, so that's, it's nice. I do think some of our, it's hard to quantify the value it gave us because lots of people called for the kitchen remodel, stuff like that. And we just don't do that. But um, the, I think it does help when a client, when I first meet a client, sometimes it feels like they already know me. I think that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's from Instagram. Maybe that's from the show. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't feel any like animosity or anything on that. Um, I, it is funny you run it. I, I live in my hometown and there's like, I'll run into pe some people that probably don't like me and they'll, they'll, they'll mention, yeah, you're on that show. I haven't watched it. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch Thanks. it either. Thanks I can that. think of like five or six people in my hometown. It's like, yeah, you're on that show. I don't watch it. I'm like, nice. I don't, don't know why we needed to even bring it up. Whatever. Haters going to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've made it when you got the hate. That's right. Yeah. So that's funny. since you're working with Shay, obviously she's an interior designer, very successful. Mm -hmm. Has that affected your relationship with other interior designers? Um, I think some want to work with us because of the association. Absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's pretty famous in our world. And um, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, there's, I mean, you know, if just what we mentioned, if, you know, you don't got haters, you ain't popping. So like, <laughs> I do think there's some, some designers that are jealous of her. Absolutely. Absolutely. And lots of people will ask me how she is and what she like. And I, I say the same thing every time, you know, you, you build someone's house, you really get to know them and she is been nothing but great to me. So, yeah. um, her and Sid are great. Absolutely great. So, um, I mean, they have, I, I see a little bit of me and Shay, like, as far as like, she's a boss, she gets stressed out. Um, she's got a lot of people coming her way, um, but incredibly talented, um, very, very talented. And we're continuing to work where we just remodeled the exterior of our home. And then we, you know, we did our basement or pool house, all that stuff. And now we're going to add a a bathroom to a loft. So we're always doing some little projects for her and that, that's cool that we still. Is that the one with the half pipe in the basement? Yeah. Yeah. How was that to build? That's probably cool. That's cool. That, that room's really cool. It's got this like nice little separation between the family room, then that room and back behind it is their gym and they've got the half pipe and it's, it's like it's such a good skater. I like I skated like when I was like 10, I can't even stand on board now, <laughs> but um, then we got like a sauna back there. It's, it's pretty dope. It's cool. Awesome. But yeah, it's a, it's really pretty home. I, 
I hope we get to build their next one. But um, we're continuing. I mean, and that's her 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 world is designed. So I feel like we're always going to be doing a little something here and there. And um, I really like the exterior refresh we just did for them. And then, you know, like I said, we're doing a bathroom for them right now. So when you talk about you know, like your team and expanding, you don't have any visions of bringing design in house or you'd rather just keep it no. up? Yeah. No. Um, I, there's, at least out here, there's, I mean, we call it design build out here when it's all in house. So you, there are some builders that I think have done very well where they do architecture, design and build in house. Not for me. I mean, I had, maybe that business plan is good for them, but um, I get so many referrals from architects and designers. I'd, I'd just be right. closed off that pipeline, I think. Right. Also, I feel like there's enough to focus on um, with just being a good builder. Um, we absolutely adore designers and I'm pretty, I'd say we're pretty picky with them, with what we expect because we've worked with the best. And um, a, just because you have the internet and Pinterest does not make you a designer. And you can say that again. Uh, yeah. So it's just incredibly important. In my very first meetings with clients, if they don't have a designer, I'm like, you have to have one, I insist, or we won't do it. And even if a homeowner has done some design in the past, if they're not a professional, like, you know what, maybe you can do some of it, but you definitely can't do all of it, I don't think. And we, and if they come with a designer, it's it needs to be vetted a little bit. Um, we can work with anybody, but every house we build is beautiful and it gets there, but how you get there can be a nightmare. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And design is a huge, huge part of it. We did a, we called it a little mini masterclass I did with some friends um, last month where it was just, um, it was like a little web thing and you could buy tickets for it, but it was just basically what does a contractor expect from a designer? And um, a lot of, we, we had a lot of people on that call and I think a lot of them, are really good and probably want to see and maybe they left feeling a little validated that like oh i do that i think i do a good job but there was a lot of people that it was a bit eye-opening for them. so cool there. so yeah, tyler no, i'll go ahead sorry go ahead. no good nothing go ahead go ahead sorry right. i'm getting blown. i'm sorry to interrupt you i'm getting blown up there's a delivery guy at the front of my house so we got to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> my pm's texting me <laughs> be like hey there's a delivery guy at your house right now <laughs> We're good. Sorry. All right, All right Tyler. All right, so please. we have a little segment on the podcast called this or that. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it before, so you're going to have to answer some this or that questions. You ready? Yeah, start, man. Start off like skiing or snowboarding. Oh, <laughs> right off the bat. You can't answer this. I'm going to be judged hard at skiing. <laughs> skiing. No, because I grew up, I grew up boarding and like, we just weren't fans of skiers, <laughs> but, um, it's actually easier on my knees and um, I ski. I do. I'm sorry. I hope my friends aren't listening. <laughs> ski bunny. All right. yep. Tight shirts or tight pants? Oh, can I say both? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. No, I'm definitely a tight shirt guy. Um, you work with what you got. That's it. Ah, you go down, baby. Show those things. Oh, I get I get so much hate on Instagram for my tiny shirts. They're not tiny. Awesome. My arms are big. I'm sorry, but yeah. um, what are you gonna do? I I uh, large son. I was joking with Nick about this because he gets he gets a hard time for skinny pants, 
and um, <laughs> I'm too small a short guy. And I do legs. I work. I work out <laughs> hard, and they just don't grow. I deadlift over 500 pounds. Not like, like those arms. <laughs> I'm gonna make a video for these haters that yeah. are anyway. But actually, it's good because any engagement on there is good. But um, yeah, I do, I do kind of post and ghost sometimes because the comments really do hurt my feelings. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever I read them, but I can't because no one's asking me to put it out there. You know, like so they can say what they want. And yeah, my shirts are a little small, but F them. You know what, F. what you got? Sure, oh, okay. Sure. Big. It's the hanger, right, Mikey? It's the hanger. It ain't right. the shirt. It ain't the shirt. Tight shirt. Final answer. All right. Bryce Canyon or Zion? Uh, Zion. Pick an architect. Pick an architect or pick a designer. Which would you rather do? Designer. Movie? I work with that more than the yeah. architect. Movie theater or arcade? Theater. A Harley or a crotch rocket? Oh, Harley. I thought you were going to say the other one. They, they both scare me. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a, I used to, I used to have motorcycles and stuff. I got in a pretty bad accident once. And I'm like, shut it down. <laughs> yeah. dirt. I shut down dirt biking when I got hurt. I was like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. Free appetizer or free dessert? Ooh. Appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. A plate of wings is more expensive than. A piece of cheesecake. It's I'm not, just doing the it's numbers. It's not about the cost. It's about the enjoyment. <laughs> That's the enjoyment. Plate of wings. <laughs> I'm more hungry at the start. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm watching my sugar intake, too. You got to help those legs grow. <laughs> Put your thinking cap on now for these. Would you rather have two long front teeth like a beaver or obnoxious ear hair? <laughs> I kind of do have big teeth. Um Ear hair. I think you can take care of that. Okay, my wife, my it. wife is a sweetheart. She'd trim that for you me. You can trim it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you rather hear a ding sound every time you wink or a pew pew sound every time you make a finger gun? Pew, pew, pew. Like, I'd request that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually on my Christmas list last year. <laughs> it's like, is that something someone would want? Yeah. Wait, you guys don't have that? Would you rather be yeah. a baby with the mind of an adult or an adult with the mind of a baby? Baby. I, I mean, I think about that a lot. <laughs> if I could go back in time with the knowledge I have now, oh, man, I'd dominate so hard. <laughs> but would that mean you'd, your your brain would, like, age and you'd be, like, senile when you're, like, 50? That, this is you the Level I mean? Heads podcast. We don't think about it that much. So. No, definitely it's not a baby, but that would, oh, that might, that might drive you insane though, if you're a baby, because you can't control your body and you just know so much. Yeah. That's why I asked. No, the baby. Yeah. The baby. Would you rather have a unibrow or no eyebrows at all? Unibrow. Again, you can maintain that. That's true. Would you rather like to lose a bad habit or gain a good habit? That's a good question. Probably lose a bad habit because I'm always gaining good habits. There you go. I think that's easier. I think that's easier. 
Would you rather wear a Dracula cape everywhere you go for a month or wear a pirate eye patch? For how long? A month? A month. <laughs> I'd rather wear a patch. I could just say it was an injury or something. Oh, what if yeah. it was for two months, but only a cape for a month? Does it really matter? <laughs> Nothing matters. Yeah, a patch. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my kids are into pirates. I think capes. It's archery into it. Capes just, I think they get in the way. All right. <laughs> it didn't wait. Anyway. Would, would you rather start every sentence with, hey, butthead, or end every sentence with, ha ha, I was just kidding, fart knocker? <laughs> Where do you come up with this shit? <laughs> was it fart knocker? Fart knocker? Yeah. So anytime you meet a client for the first time, you have to pick what you're going to say. I'd have to say, ha, 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 fart, just kidding, fart knocker. Yeah. Probably that one. Because I think you just lose them if you're like, hey, bud. Yeah. You should close with it, then open with that. Yep. This, this might be uh, irrelevant, but beer or whiskey? Uh, I don't drink. It is irrelevant. Um, I would say whiskey because then I would give it to my guys. There you go. And they like whiskey. There you go. All right, last one. Would you rather do a bad job but still get fully paid or do the highest possible quality job but get stiffed on the last payment? I'd say the latter because it's happened. Really? And, I, and I've survived, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, it's still a portfolio piece. It's probably going to get us work for years to come. I can look at that as a little bit of an investment type thing, but Crappy work. Yeah. It's hard to run. It's hard to shake crappy work, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, That's you pass. You pass the test. <laughs> I pass. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> well, we try to cool. hold these things to about an hour, Tyler. So we're right yeah. about an hour. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for enlightening yeah, us. Nice light-hearted. Uh, we didn't talk too much about uh, foot pricing. Yeah, no, no, that's nice. a dangerous topic. It is. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I've, I'm looking out the window. I just got to go plow. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, um, you guys are great. I really do. I appreciate the. Yeah, we're trying to grow the podcast. So you know what you can do for us? You can talk yeah. to McGee and Co. and say, hey, you guys want to be on another podcast? Yeah, okay. I got some their way. Cool. Okay. All right, man. This or that's for them, though, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're fun. They'd like it. Are they? All right. (laughs) Cool, brother. Well, shit. Good seeing you, man. Yeah. Good seeing you. All right. Thanks so much, gentlemen. I'll have to be on again when Zane's here. Yes. That'll definitely happen. He'll be back soon. Yeah. All All right. Thanks. See you, brother. Would you rather speak out of your butt or fart out of your mouth?